God for grace. Amen, brother Abel. I enjoyed that. Amen. Amen. Said one, one fellow said that little boy come home and said he went to his mom and said, Mom, I heard a lot about grace. Can you tell me about what grace is? And she said, Honey, I, it's just a little over your head. I can't, really, I can't really explain to you what grace is. When you get a little older, I'll tell you what grace is. He said, well, I still need answers. So he went to his dad, and dad was a theologian, knew the Bible. And he said, Dad, tell me, what, what is grace? I've heard people talk about grace. He said, well, son, grace is God's unmerited favor. He said, thanks, Dad. Man, wow. What does that mean? <laughs> he said, well, that's all I can tell you, son. It's hard for me to put it in your language. You go out there to Grandma. And maybe she'll help you. And said he went out to grandma and she's a rocking on the front porch. Amen. He said, Grandma, said, can you tell me what grace is? She said, Wells now, child. She said, now listen, you know I didn't graduate school. So I really can't explain to you real good what grace is. She said, now honey, you know I, I'm not really a theologian like your dad. And I it's hard for me just to, just to really write it out for you like it's supposed to be. But, honey, I might not can tell you what grace is, but, honey, can I tell you what grace does? She said, I might not know much about it, but I can tell you this, child. That grace is sure amazing. And Honey, I don't know really how to explain it, but I'd say this, that, it was that grace that found me when I was lost. And grace, child, is what gave me my sight. You see, I once was blind, but now I see. You know, sometimes it's hard to explain grace to you, but I can sure tell you what it done for me. It kept me from going to hell, amen. It was grace when I was eight year old that come down to where I was and saved me. As a little boy, as a, as a pastor's kid, it's grace, can I tell you, that's every day that's holding me, amen. And God give me what I don't even deserve every day. It's that breath that's in your lungs that you didn't do nothing for, but God has just placed it in your lungs. And it's, it's what's got you here today. And can I tell you what else grace is? It's what's going to lead us home, amen. And so I thank God for grace. We're going to sing a song. Mom, we'll sing that song, babies. And uh, man, we've been rejoicing with Calvary Baptist Church. Amen. Half of my crowd's watching online and we've been rejoicing. We have. Matter of fact, I told your preacher, I said, people that are complaining and critics, uh, you give them my phone number as the, as the, as the complaint department. <laughs> and I'll take that. Amen. And I like what he said. Just come and see. Amen. We're glad just to be here. We just want to praise God tonight. Amen. We're rejoicing. Man, look what God's done here. Look what he's going to continue to do. One lady said last night, I've invited more people to church than last week than I have my whole life. Can I tell you what that is, church? That's revival. We're not listening. Don't get upset. Oh, it's going to be last night. Don't you get upset. You ought to thank God. Amen. You ought to praise God for what he's done right here. And people across the roads heard about it. All of Union Grove, praise God. God just done what D.L. Moody said. He set this church on fire and sent people in just to watch you burn. Amen. So let's bless the Lord today. Amen, babies. Let's sing that one. Play it hard, sis.
submission and like before, peace given, victory won more time. He was always standing by my side when the valley was low and the river was wide. I want to thank him. I want to praise him one more time. Looking back upon this journey. And like before, he's given victory one more time. He was always standing by my side when the valley was low and the river was wide. I want to thank him. I want to praise him one more time. He was always standing. second verse again. See, it's hit that second verse. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. One more time won't hurt, will it? Amen. Hit again, sis. Looking back upon this journey. Oh, think about this. Since the day that I first met oh, you him that? so many times oh, yes. his love and mercy has yep. rescued me. Oh, he's right away, so once again And like before, he's given victory 
Praise the Lord for all He's done. 
Amen. 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 Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter number 25. And I'm going to be brief this evening. I really will. And the Bible says here, Matthew 25, very familiar scripture, but uh, I thank God for the Bible, don't you? I don't believe this contains the Word of God. I believe it is the Word of God. I believe the red-lettered words are just as important as the black-lettered words. I like the hyphens in there too, and I'm, I'm coming to like the commas and the semicolons, and all of them have a part in the Word of God. Amen. And this, only, this is forever settled in heaven. You're holding something in your hands that is settled in heaven. Ain't that amazing? And let's look here what the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 25, verses number 1 down through 13. And the Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, sometimes some people say oil. Some people say oil. Some people say earl. However I say it, just say amen. Amen. And so he said he took some oil with them in their vessels. Verse number five. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They all slumbered, they all slumbered and slept. I don't have a speech to the problem. I'm just wanting you to get that across there. Look with me in verse number six. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Wait, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sail and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We need you. Thank you so much for the songs we've heard by the choir. I stand redeemed. God, thank you for paying our pardon and redeeming us and buying us. When we were yet in sin, you come and you bought us and we bless your name. Thank you for what you're doing and what you've done here at Calvary Baptist Church in Union Grove. God, thank you for letting us be able to be here just a couple evenings and rejoice with the saints here today and just taste a little bit of heaven here on earth. Would you be with us now, God? Calm our nerves. Help these in the, in the congregation. Dear God, help me. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. I desire the Spirit of God. And I pray that you'd help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you could just bear with me just a little while, all right? And I'm just going to give you just a couple of these points. Get to the part here, and then we'll head to the house. Familiar scripture here about these ten virgins uh, that were going to this wedding party. Now, the tradition practices involved in a wedding in Bible times are and were much different than they are from today's practices. I kind of like some of these practices. I kind of like some of our practices. Uh, some of them I really don't like, just to be honest with you uh, in today's times, but, but it's just tradition. And so uh, you do it as you will. And this is the way it was going on here. In Bible times, a wedding would take place when a bridegroom would go to the home of the bride to bring her to his home as a wife. 
Now this bride, this groom, I'm sorry, would propose and he would give a payment. He would give an earnest down payment to the parents and then he would take about a year to go and he would build a house or he would add on to the home of his parents. Ain't that amazing? Uh, he would go and put a down, he, he would give an earnest money down uh, to say this, listen, I'm coming back. You just give me a little bit of time. I've spoke sweet words to her. She's agreed to it. Uh, Father, how much do I owe you? And he'd say, well, probably about $200 or something like that. And you know, weddings are expensive, are they not? I've got three girls and I'm already thinking, oh my goodness, I'm having a hard time giving them, uh, give them dental care, much less whenever they get old enough, you know? And so if a man was to come to me and say, what would be the down payment? I'm keeping all those receipts, Brother Rodney, and I'm going to say, well, this is what I've got invested in, Brother Carwell, and uh, this is going to be what it takes. Now, if you take her and you don't give me nothing on, on, on down payment, uh, then I've still got the upper hand in you, friend, and I've got more invested in you. Do somebody say amen? Amen. Yeah. But in this day, what he would do is he would find his wife here, and he would go talk to the father. Amen. I still believe in that. Uh, but he would go talk to the father. He say, "I'm interested. I want to marry uh, your daughter." And so he would give the payment. Here's what it's going to be. And so he would give this earnest uh, payment uh, that uh, just signifying this: I'm going to come back. And I'm going to get her. You're just going to have to give me a little bit of time uh, to go to go away and to build her and myself a home. And whenever I get this home done, I'm going to come back and I'll receive her unto myself that where I am, there she may be also. Amen. Don't y'all know about these verses there in John chapter number 14 that says that. Amen. I go to prepare a place for you. Why is that? Because we're a spouse to marry the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he says, and if I go away, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. You say, preacher, but what's taking so long? Honey, listen, he's got a beautiful place he's built for us, amen. Oh yes, I can't wait to see that place, can you? And so this is what would happen and he would go and a lot of times he would just build on there uh, to where his father, I don't, I don't recommend you doing that, man. Amen, I won't go into that. I'll come back to the family conference, praise God. Amen. Let's keep going here. I'm trying. Amen. I'm trying. Y'all know how I normally am. But here's what he would do. Now listen, taking the bride back to the home uh, of this bridegroom was generally a great big occasion. It was something like we would consider a parade. Uh, it was a really big deal in these days. Various people would join into this uh, occasion and this, and this uh, group of folks that were going back to the bridegroom's home. And here's what they would do. They would go into this house and there they would have the marriage feast. Now history says it that what they would do is they would have to have a lamp and they would have this lamp burning and that signified uh, to this bridegroom who all was going to be, he was picking up uh, uh, for this, for, I was going to say funeral procession, praise God. <laughs> Wedding procession. About the same, take two days of your life. Oh, I'm kidding. No, I love my wife, thank God for her. Amen. But here's, here, it, it, they would have their lamps now. Get this. And they would have these lamps. This is what these lamps were signifying. And they, they would come down through the road and that, that would show who was, who was going. Now listen, they would have on wedding clothes. 
Uh, they would be dressed for the occasion to go. Are you with me? And so even now, if this bridegroom was coming down the road and he had his, his honey here and they was going back to the house to have the feast, they were picking up all these folks uh, along the way. And now if he didn't know somebody, here's what she'd say. Oh, oh, this is my, this is my second, third cousin. And this is how we know her. And she's going to go with us. And so the bridegroom would say, well, it sure is nice to meet you. It's some of the family. You just go right with us. Are you with me? And so they would jump on there. They would take off. Uh, to this, to this wedding feast. I don't know about you, but I like to eat. And uh, that's one thing I, I'm looking forward to when I get down is they're going to have a feast. I've eaten from some good cooks, but I've never eaten from God's cooking. Somebody say amen. I've eaten ribs that taste like he's from heaven, but praise God, one of these days we're going to, amen. And that feast, now listen, that feast is gonna be a grand ordeal, amen. It's gonna be wonderful, but that's not what's gonna make it so special. What's gonna make it so special is that the bridegroom's there and he's welcome to sin, amen. And so now we see these that are going. They say this, that there was tradition that the closing of the door was done by the bridegroom. Now here's what they said, that the last one in the door uh, was the bridegroom and he'd make sure everybody going and they had their lamps all trimmed and burning and they were, they were dressed for the occasion. Uh, they had on those clothes that were robed in his righteousness alone, the faultless to stand before the throne, amen, and that they were to be prepared. They were ready to go into this feast. And then whenever he'd see all of them come in, he was watching, did they have their lamps burning or were they clothed in, this, uh, in, their, in their wedding attire? Then the bridegroom would shut the door. Can I mind you, you know who shut the door whenever Noah got in the ark? It was the Lord. Can I tell you who's gonna shut the door when all of those God's children and the Lord says, that's it. That completes the wedding party. Uh, son, call my children home. This is it. Can I tell you who's gonna say, this is it. Nobody else can come in. It's gonna be the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look with me here, and I'm just going to break this down. I'm going to try my best to be brief. Here, I want to just show you just a couple of things. Verses 1 through 4, I want you to see the distinction of the virgins. And the Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now listen, now there was a distinction uh, that was in these virgins. Number one, uh, was there a visible uh, a visible distinction? No, I don't think so because it says this. Uh, they were 10 uh, young virgins, 10 virgins. They were all dressed. They were all ready to go. And so listen, can I tell you this? Visibly, they all looked the same. All had the same appearance. Number next, look at this. What is it, the vocabulary? It said this. It said, and they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Was it the vocabulary? I don't think it was. I think they all had the same vocabulary. I think they were all standing there saying, I can't wait for him to come by. Man, I'm looking for the coming of that bridegroom. It sure is going to be sweet whenever we get there. Oh, heaven's going to be, I mean, I'm sorry. That feast is going to be just so beautiful. I can't wait to get there. I've heard our whole family's going to be there. I can't wait. To, their vocabulary was all the same. I tell you this, I, I, I'm hearing more and more about it, preacher. Everybody's talking about the, the Lord's return. I'm talking about people that are saved and you know they're saved. And then there's even those that are lost. 
I went picked up some food the other day on my way home and I walked in this little restaurant and there were two ladies in there and honestly I just kind of walked by them and, and I looked and I walked by them and I heard I heard them speaking while I was getting my order and it was rough language. I mean, I mean, like a sailor uh, was saying rough language what they were talking about. And I was standing there. Listen to this, Brother Rodney. She came up behind me. There's a couple people I won't fight. One of them's a woman. Because I respect them and I don't want to get whooped. Somebody say amen. And so I was, I was standing there and she said, Sislov. Yes, Lord. And I turned around and she said, Philip. I said by the bell. I said, no, that's my brother. I said, I'm Seth. She said, little Seth. Hadn't seen you in years. And she just wrapped her arms around me. <laughs> and she said, I'm sorry. I just hadn't seen you in years. And when she wrapped her arms around Brother Ricky, I was taken back by the smell of alcohol that was coming out of her breath. Not just out of her breath, but that was on her. Anybody ever? I mean, it was so, it was so strong, Brother Pope. And then she said, well, hang on, I got you. You've got to see somebody else. And she went and got her sister. And so her sister came over there and just, and just hugged me. And I was still standing like this. And they back, every time i take a step, they'd take a step. And I'd take a step, and they'd take a step. And I said, dear God, please let my food get here. <laughs> Honestly. And I was just about to say, somebody else can have it. I am gone. And so I'm standing there and backed in a corner, literally backed in a corner. And so they're talking about things and, and used to go to church with us whenever uh, I was just little. They're older than me, but used to go to church and all this. And I said, listen, are you going to church anywhere now? Oh, well, we ain't got time right now because we're taking care of our father. And I said, really? Oh, yeah, but I'm going to tell you what, Seth, we're ready to go. And, 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 and we've been praying for our family that they'd get right and that they'd get saved. I know I'm saved. I'm talking like this. The whole world right now's vocabulary is the same. Everybody's talking about the coming of the Lord. Everybody's talking about the Lord's coming. Everybody, everybody seems to know that there's something different going on. Everybody seems that there's a stirring happening and God's doing the work. They're waiting. They know the Lord's coming. Look, I don't think it was the vocabulary. I don't think it was their visible appearance. I don't even think it was their vocation. Look at verse number five. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Man, you used to be able to tell how somebody loved God from the world about what they'd done, Brother Brandon. I mean, used to be God's people that were on fire for God, Brother Looney. And there was some, I'm talking about holy living. I still believe in holy living. I still believe in living right. I still believe in doing right. Preach rights legalism. No, no, that won't get you to heaven. But I believe this. I believe that whenever I was born again, there's a change made on the inside that affected the outside. Now listen, here's what it says. that all 10 of them, all 10 of them slumbered and slept. Let me tell you what's going on with God's people. There's a lot of sleeping just like a world's time. People tell me I'm scared to give out a track because I don't know what they'll say. Listen, friend, that's a world's philosophy. Man, we ought to wake up and realize, listen, we ought not to, we ought not to have the visible appearance as the world. We ought not have the vocabulary and we ought not have the vocation. We ought to be a little different. But here's the thing. All 10 of them were asleep. 
Look with me now. I don't think it was that. What was it? It was the vessels. Verses three through four says, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with them. Can I tell you what the main, what the only difference was? All of them had lamps. All of them looked ready to go to heaven, man. They had it right. They had their stuff going on. They looked good. They know how to talk about heaven. If you go door knocking or anything here, everybody knows about, even a drunk on the corner knows something about heaven. Even he knows that Jesus coming back. All of them's got the same vocabulary. All of them's holding a lamp because I'll tell you what the difference was. It was what was in the lamp. And the Bible says that those wise people, uh, those wise virgins had lamps, but they had oil in their lamp. It said the foolish ones had a lamp, but guess what? They might have had a light shining, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit light. Tell you what, you can go to a psychiatrist and they'll try to do to you what the Holy Spirit will do. Oh, I hit something right there. Hang on a second. Let me drop back down. You start having problems, you can't sleep, you go see a psychiatrist. I don't know a psychiatrist that ain't messed up in the head. Somebody say, man, I'm sorry if you're a psychiatrist. But they'll mess you up and say this, all the problems, all the problems can be fixed by a pill and talking about and talking to somebody that don't know God. Let me tell you what, really a lot of time, I thank God for good counselors. I'm not going, I'm not going wrong there. I'm not saying these, I, I'm saying thank God for good counselors. But if they give you counsel other than the Lord Jesus Christ, they're a false prophet. I'm going to tell you what, what a lot of times we need just sell out to God. But what a lot of folks need is just get born again. That's what they need. Don't you get me wrong. Don't you go away and say that preacher says I shouldn't talk to somebody and counseling. Under, I understand they say, hey, if you take me wrong, you come after service, I'll forgive you. Amen. Amen. You know what counsel you ought to go to first though? You ought to go to your pastor. Amen, that's exactly right. He's in tune with the things of God. Amen. He's looking from outside in. You ought to go to him. But everybody, they, here's what they say, I just don't have any joy, preacher. I don't have any, I don't have any happiness. And, and what should I do? And they'll give you every excuse other than you need to be born again. That's what they'll do. Everybody wants their lamps. Everybody wants a light burning. The Bible says here there's five of them had a lamp. And five of them, five, all of ten of them had a lamp, but only five of them had something in it. Let's look now. That was the distinction. Look at the disturbance. The Bible said in verse number six, and at midnight there was a cry made. What was this disturbance? The time had come. This disturbance came at midnight. At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And then all those virgins, then they slept up till then. God help us, don't be asleep all the way up till Jesus comes. I'm talking about at midnight. Can I say this? They say that midnight is the darkest hour of the night. And I tell you this, I don't know about you, but it's pretty dark outside. Not just, not just the sun's going down, but man, we're living in dark days. All across the news right now, some six foot seven fella that says he's a girl. And that's not what the bad thing is. They, some people applauding him because he's beating girls and swimming. That's dark. That's wicked. That's messed up. I'm talking about we're living in a dark time in a time where sin is applauded. I'm talking about where holiness is criticized. Sexual perversion is ruining and running our country. Woke culture is destroying the very foundation of this country. God's banned from the majority of businesses and institutions right here. Families are falling apart. Churches are really closing the doors. Hollywood is setting all the trends for us, folks. Hollywood is setting our trends for us. I'd like to find out who's really setting the trends and get a hold of them and tell them what I'd like to see next. Hey, Amen. I'd like to see people clothes back home. 
Amen. I, I like to see people that honor, honor the vessel that God's given them. Why don't we bring that back in? Why don't we kick out skinny jeans? Why don't we kick out crop tops? Why don't we show being a lady is in now? Why don't we show being a man is in now? Bring back pocket knives and guns and, and bring back a comb, praise God. Get rid of that mullet thing they got going on, bless God. You're to look like a man from the front. You're to look like a man from the sides. You're to look like a man from the back, amen. I'm talking about, but the reason we're doing this and allowing it to go on is, listen, we're letting Hollywood set our trends, friend. That's exactly right. That's exactly, well, keep going, praise God. I'm trying to, y'all know how it is, and I'm trying my best, preacher. But God help us, it's a dark day. Why are we allowing that to go on? Creeping in, creeping in. Listen now, nakedness is normal. Drugs are the number one killer in America. Alcohol is advertised everywhere. And it's even applauded for its revenue to the county. We bust a man for making it in his backyard, but we applaud the man making it on Main Street. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Amen. I'm against it. I'm, a, I'm totally against alcohol. Amen. 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 We need another Billy Sunday, praise God. Amen. Somebody to preach against alcohol where you have to prime, it's just a dry, you have to prime a man to spit. I'm talking dry. Yeah. Amen. Preach why he's already, I know what it's done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know what it's done. I've got a 38 revolver from a man that tried to take his life because of alcohol. I've got it as a constant reminder of what it'll do. Yes, Youngins, it's wicked. And if you're deceived by it, you are not wise. Amen. Stay to the text, preacher. I'm talking about in a day where preachers are backing down from preaching truth. Amen. We need more preachers too with a backbone like a saw log, praise God. And lungs that'll voice out. Amen. I'm talking about in the time where singers are singing to the world's tune. Laziness is now a job that pays better than hard work. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. We're here, folks. Dark days. I'm talking about, listen, Christians, as Christians, we have adapted to the world's philosophy. We've got men identifying as women. Women are identifying as men. Children are being taught that they are in charge of their own identity. We've got war going on right now and rumors of war being heard every day. Listen, we've got animals that have more rights than humans. That's exactly right. I know, preacher, I've worked with troubled teens. We had a young boy that hadn't been, we marked his diaper, preacher. You remember this? On Sunday, came back Wednesday, had the same diaper on. Hadn't ate, we'd feed him. Go talk to social service and they'd say this, well, he's got a place to stay. And they're getting assistance to feed him. We can't do nothing. You do that to your dog. And tell me what happens. We're in a dark day, friend. Listen now, communism's up on us, which is from Satan to lead to a whole godless society. We're in a dark day. Can I tell you what happened at midnight? The Bible says there was a cry that was made. 
at midnight. This disturbance here was not that they were at a dark time. They were used to that. The disturbance was the sound of the cry at midnight. God help us not to wait until the sound of the cry, but to be disturbed right now of what's going on. Let's look at this. I want to look at the division of the virgins. Verses 8 and 9, he said, And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us up your oil. Our lamps are going out. But the wise said, No, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. And we go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Disturbed. Well, now we see a division. There's a demand to give. Here's what they said. Give us up your oil. Our lamps are going out. They were, they were no good when the bridegroom came. I lost some of you just a little while ago. Now, y'all got to come back. Here's what people tell me. Well, preacher, we just don't believe like that. No, here's what it is. Some of us just believe the Bible. And other people believe humanism. You make up your own God, own belief. I'm sorry, folks. But here's what he said. These, These lamps were no good when the bridegroom came. These lamps were not glowing when the bridegroom came. These lamps were nothing to glory about when the bridegroom came. Give us up your own. Our lamps are going out. Look what he says next right here. In the same verses, he says, not so, verse number nine. Unless there be not enough for us and you. And can I tell you this, that what you and I need to be, to be ready cannot be borrowed. They said, give us what you've got. My grandpa lived right over the hill here. Good man. Pastor, missionary. Good man. But can I tell you this, just because he was a good man and a pastor, that, that wasn't good enough for me. I couldn't borrow his. I talk to people daily and they'll say, uh, do you go, to, you go to church? Are you born again? Oh, my, my, my cousin's a pastor right over here. John chapter number four. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. So everybody can tie back to somebody in your life or somebody in your family that's, that's a preacher or something and that's what you're holding on to. I'm just, I'm just hanging on to what that, I'm just trying to borrow from them. And here's what they said, not so. It was good for my mama. It was good for mama, right? And you better know it's good for you. Oh, yes, listen now. We need the direct declaration of the goods, but then there's a direction here. This was a great direction in verse number nine. It said this. Look what he's, this is what we'd tell him. Hey, listen, go and buy, buy your, for yourselves. This was great direction, but the timing was awful. Can I tell you this? The good news at the wrong time is not good news at all. Oh, when are we going to get a burden for our lost family? Are we going to wait till the Lord comes back? Are we going to wait till we hear the cry? Can I tell you, you won't even be able to do anything. But oh, no, no, don't, don't take me now, God. I've got people in my life that need to know about you. It's good news. But at the wrong time, it's bad news. Look with me now. We see the destiny of the virgins. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done. The wise, it said here in verse number 10, look where they're at. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. We see the foundation. What was it? Look what their foundation was. And they that were ready. Man, you're done on that. What what was the whole difference in the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins? Here it is. And they that were ready. That's the whole thing, church. That's the whole thing, child of God. What separates you uh, from your lost neighbor? You're ready. Lost person, what separates you from the saved person sitting beside you? They're ready. Are you with me? This is their foundation. Now look, their fellowship. It said this, that they were in with him. Amen. Heaven's going to be sweet. 
what's going to make heaven heaven. They don't talk about the ribs here. They don't talk about the sweet potatoes. They don't talk about the homemade salad dressing. You know what they talk about? They went in with him. They went in with him. Oh, you know what makes heaven heaven? Jesus. You know what makes heaven sweet? Jesus. For where Jesus is, that'll be heaven for me is what the songwriter said. That's the whole difference there. Now look right here. I want to show you one more thing. The feasting, they were in the marriage. But what about the foolish? Look at their condition. Verse number 10. Here's what it says. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. It was too late. It was too late. It was too late. The five are standing there and listen now, the, one, the, the bridegroom comes by and they see him coming and, and they've got their lamps trimmed and burning and they're ready to go. Can I tell you this, by the way, they all had to jump up and trim them. These things in our lives need to be got, got away let our light shine just a little bit brighter, amen. But, but listen now, he'd come by and they'd say, we're gonna go with him and say, hey, hey, yeah, we're, we're going, we got her, and we got her, oh, praise God. He'd say, come on in, and so they'd just go with him. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. And they go in, the Bible says, and the door was shut. Well, then the other five, what are they doing? They're going around, they're taking orders to go and buy. And so they'd go by and they'd knock at the store. They'd go down to Piggly Wiggly and they'd say, hey, we need some oil. What time was it when the bridegroom came? I don't know of these stores that's open really at midnight. And you know what they heard, preacher? Everywhere they went, they'd hear this. Man, we need to get some oil. Manager would say, can I talk to you just a second? Oh, we need some oil. Listen, the marriage is coming. The bridegroom's coming. And we need some oil. He'd say, I'm sorry, you're too late. And then they'd run to the next. I know another store down the road that sells oil. Let's go here to the hardware store. And they'd sit there knocking and sit there knocking. And the man come to the door. Can we just talk to you? Listen, we run out of oil. Can we have it? You don't understand. I've already counted everything. All the money's been counted. All the shelves have been stocked back and everything. And you're just too late. They'd go somewhere else. They'd knock on the door and say, listen, I know you got oil. I've seen it back outside your house there. They'd say, anyway, I'll just get a little bit of oil. Everywhere they went, this is what they heard. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. You're too late. It's too late. It's too late. Can I tell you what the sinner's going to hear? Listen, lost person, what you're going to hear when the Lord comes back, raptures his church out of here, and we're going to meet the Lord now and to be forever with the Lord now. And whenever you go around, you've heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you go down to you go down to the church house, and you're here, you're looking for everybody else, and you find somebody, you say, oh, we're, uh, I need to talk to the preacher. It's too late. It's too late. And you'll call his phone. And you'll call Preacher Pope's phone. And you'll dial that phone up and you'll call. Thank you for calling Brother Pope at Calvary Baptist Church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed your call. If you leave me a message, I'll call you back. But it's too late. Too late. Oh, I've got a cousin that knows about this. He's heard about this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go talk to him real quick. If I can find him, you knock on the door and his daughter comes to the door. Can I, talk to, can I talk to cousin so-and-so? I don't know where he is. He's gone. It's too late. Man, won't that be awful? That those that knew that they were missing all and what they're going to hear for the rest of eternity. I believe they're going to hear it in hell. <laughs> they're going to be in hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. 
gnashing of teeth. It wasn't created for humans. It was created for Satan and his angels. You're going to go there. Not even, it's not even your place to go. And here's what you're going to hear. It's too late. It's too late. I just need, it's too late. You're too late. You knew, but it's too late. That was their condition. Look at their cry. Verse number 11. Lord, Lord, open to us. Believe hell's going to be filled with screams, screaming out to God. Lord, please. Don't you know whenever that boat was closed and Noah built that, Noah built that ark. 120 years he'd preach, prepare, prepare, judgment's coming. Prepare, we know two things about him. One, he was a voice for God. Two, he built an ark. We don't even know if he could read. They say, you know, that crazy man down there. All he says is, get ready. It's going to all be over. God's judgment's coming. That's all he's saying. Did you hear him again yesterday? That's what he's saying. Don't you know whenever they went into that boat, ark, the Bible says that he said, come in, come in, Noah, and bring your family. He left the door open for seven days. Seven days. I'll tell you what that is. That's the long-suffering hand of God. I tell you, the door's open today still. Don't you know whenever that door of the ark shut, people's like, did you see that ark? The door's shut now. He's saying something about water from the sky. What is that? That man, that preacher went crazy after all. Come on, let's go down there. Let's go tell him we believe. And the door's shut. I'm just wondering if it's claw marks on the outside trying to get in it. Noah! Noah! Let us in. Open to us. Look with me now, their cause. What was the difference? Why could they not go in? Why were they left out? Here it is, the answer from the bridegroom. Look what he says here. The bridegroom says this in verse number 12. Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Sad shape. Sad shape. I'll give you just a couple things. Here's the title of my message. Ready or not, here I come. And there's some truths here. What is it? Number one, there's a bridegroom coming. This is a parable. It's a, it's a, it's a earthly scene with a heavenly message. Now can I tell you tonight, the bridegroom's coming. The bridegroom's coming. The Bible said in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place... I will come again. You know what we're waiting on, church? We're coming on the rapture. That's, I'm waiting on the rapture of the church. That's what I'm waiting on. Preacher, the word rapture isn't in the Bible. The word Bible isn't in the Bible. But the word caught up is. And what's that mean? Rapture. We're going to be caught up, snatched out of here, gone. 
in the twinkle of an eye. You won't know what happened. We'll be gone. Now listen to this, the bridegroom's coming. The Bible said, Peter said this, Peter said, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. And here's what they'll be saying. Where is the promise of his coming? Have we heard that? They're down there at that church talking about the Lord's coming back. Right? You've heard it. They're talking about, and here's what Peter said. It's going to come. It's going to come, and you wait for it. But here's what he said. The Lord's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering to us who are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Don't you know they done this to Noah? The Lord said, Noah, you come in the boat. Come in the ark. And they all went in. Everybody said, look, they're in that ark. And they got the door wide open. <laughs> He's been saying it's going to rain and water's coming from the sky. God's judgment's coming. And look, ain't that, that man's crazy. I ain't going in there. I ain't going around them people. Then all of a sudden, door shuts. You know what we're waiting on, church? The door's going to shut. It's going to happen. Listen, I've just got a couple things. Just bear with me. Revelation chapter number 22. Here's what the Lord Jesus says. In the last verse of the Bible, he says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Can I tell you something about this? The bridegroom's coming next. This Not everyone is ready. We've seen that in the past week, haven't we? Not everybody's ready. Everybody had a light. Everybody had an appearance. Everybody could talk about it. But not everybody had the oil. Not everybody's ready. Listen, afterward came also other virgins saying, Lord, open to us. Matthew, he said, it's not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy names have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works and I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Not everybody's ready. But the door's still open. The door's still open. The door's still open. Listen, I'd say this, a couple things. Be watching. He says there in verse number 13, but be ready. Two things to be ready on. Are you ready? For the sake, be ready in your position. In your position, be ready. Can I tell you what? The wise were not ready in their position. Yes, the wise were ready. They had the oil, but they were asleep while they were waiting on the groom to come. Listen, now they were rubbing shoulders with ones that didn't have oil and they weren't even concerned for them. Nobody looked over at them and said, you, you know you need some oil. You know, you know you need some oil in there and the bridegroom's coming. You're not ready. You got the part, everything looks good, but you, you don't have the oil. You're, you're not ready. Why didn't say, why did, if, 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 if all five of them would have just reached one, everybody would have been ready. The power of reaching one. But you know what they did? They saw and they looked over at them and they looked at they had, they didn't have any oil. And they said, Well, they weren't ready in their position. I tell you what God's done to this church, my church even, in the last week, He's woke us up. He said, Listen, you know not what hour the Son of Man cometh. You need to be ready. That lady at the KFC window, whenever you go by and you get that food, you know what? Does she have oil? Well, I've talked to her and she said her daddy was a preacher. She got any oil? That, that other lady's taking forever to check you out at Walmart. Only line's open. Does she have any oil? 
Well, she said she'd like to go to church, but she's not, she, she's not off on Sundays. I don't care. Does she have any oil? That man, you go down there, he's putting new tires on your car and then he's cussing like a sailor. And you don't want to talk to him. Has he got any oil? Yeah, you Them youngins, you go in there at night time. <laughs> you put them in the bed. Have they got any oil? Who's going to tell them? Who's going to be concerned if we're sleeping about it? That spouse that you're laying down beside, listen, they, they love you, but they, have they got oil? Hey, how about this? Your teacher at school, your teacher at school youngins, have they got oil? Have you got oil? Hey, I'm just, I'm just in this life and I know we're here together, but, but I'm just seeing that you're missing something. Got any oil? Positionally, we better be ready. But then there's another ready that needs to happen here and I'm done. Are you ready in your position, but not just position, are you ready in your possession? The foolish were not ready in the possession. Why? They didn't have any oil. Oil is symbolic for this, the Holy Spirit of God. Romans chapter number eight says, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I'm, I'm, I've got to be done. Brother, hey, will you want to come or somebody? Is that all right? You see, there were five that had oil. They were, they were ready. Positionally not, but possessionally they were. They had oil. They didn't possess the spirit of God in them, the ones that didn't have any oil. I tell you this, you might have it all together in this life. You might have fame, money, possessions, a good job, a full tank of gas, all that the world has to offer. It isn't bad to have, but if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are not ready to meet the Lord. Preacher, I'm just as good as that preacher is over there. I'm not asking you if you're as good as that preacher. I'm asking you, have you been born again? Preacher, I've been, I've been done bad, and that's the reason why I just don't want to get into all the church thing. I ain't asking you to get in the church thing. I'm asking you to have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. Preacher, I'm not going to become a fanatic and go down there to church. I'm not going to go down there with them hypocrites and do all that. I'm not asking you to get into I'm not asking you to do all that. I'm asking you, I'm asking you, do you have any oil? Preacher, I'm not ready to give up the stuff. I'm not ready to give up things in my life. I ain't even asking you to give up anything. I'm asking you, do you have the Lord? Do you have any oil? You have any oil? Preacher, how do you know if you have any of this oil? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says this all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know one thing about everybody in here? We're all sinners. All of us are sinners. There ain't nobody in here better than anybody. There's none righteous. No, not one. Anything you good you've got about yourself is about like a filthy rag. I'm sorry. Preacher, that's mean. That's Bible. Here's what the world's saying. You just got a self-esteem issue. Right? You need to feel better about yourself. You be all you can be. You follow your own heart. I tell you, all are sinners. And because, because we're all sinners, you're going to have to pay for that. You know, something about every time I go into a grocery store, I've got to pay for what I've got. That's what I've got to pay for. Here's what the Bible says. The wages of sin and the wages of being a sinner is death. The price for living is dying. You want to live in this life? You're going to have to die. It's appointed a man wants to die after this is judgment. Wages of sin is death. 
<laughs> that sounds awful, don't it? Listen, I ain't afraid of dying. I like to live. I enjoy living. I enjoy, I do. But I do know this, that I'm going to die one day. Man, and if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd die and go to hell. The Bible said, wage of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to live forever. I, I want to live forever, brother. I, I, I desire that. How am I going to do that? Put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died for you whenever you didn't even acknowledge who he was. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I'd die for some good people. I would. I'd die for my family. I'd live for them. I'd die for them. Right? I'd die for some of you in here. But they some of them I wouldn't die for. Adolf Hitler? No. Osama? <laughs> wouldn't die for them. But God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'll tell you what happened. You, you have a penalty. And you've got a debt weighing on you. And so Jesus came about 2,000 years ago, and it was a legal transaction that took place on the cross. And he took your sin, and he put it on himself. He paid your penalty. Took it on himself. He didn't deserve it, but he did it because he loved you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he put it to the cross. Took your penalty. Now get that. And the Bible says this. He said, I just want people to believe in me that I paid their sin debt. For whosoever. Preacher, how do I get this on? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is there a certain thing I have to say? You just got to acknowledge your sin, that you're a sinner. And Jesus Christ has paid the debt and called out to God for salvation. Listen, he's going to play. I'm going to ask you this. Do you have any oil? Please give us some oil. I can't give you my oil. Please, you don't understand, I need some oil. I tell you now, if you don't have any oil, if you've never been born again, the door's still open. Won't you come not be saved? Saved person? Positionally, we're to thank God for arousing us. We don't know when he's coming, but we need to be looking, not looking to see what they look like on the outside. Not looking to see what, what kind of hobby they like. Not looking to see who they're, but look and see if they've got any oil. Can we stand? Is that all right, preacher? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Can we do that? God bless. There's some moving. Already. Listen, if you're lost today, I tell you this, the door's still open. The door is still open. Would you come be saved? God help us. Don't wait till it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. I need a little oil. It's too late. Oh, won't you Won't you come? Won't you come?
Won't you come be saved today before it's too late? Preacher, when's he gonna shut the door? I have no idea. I just know it's still open. Won't you come? Won't you come? Church, saint of God. Oh, can I tell you this positionally? Let's get ready for God's coming. Oh, let's not let us, you're not in darkness. You, you know, you know, don't let it take you as a thief in the night. We're gonna know what's happening if we're looking for it. What about your neighbor? What about the ones you love? Have you old? What about your mama? What about your daddy? Don't just go to sleep beside them. Ask if they got any oil. Would you come, preacher? Would you come? But with hearts, listen, you mind the Lord. You mind the Lord. You mind the Lord. The door's still open. The door's still open. Preacher, I think I might have a little oil. I, I, think, I think I might be saved. No, 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 you need to know it. You need to know it. Would you come, preacher, you come. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Thank you, preacher, for the great message. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I know a lot of folks here tonight, but there's quite a few folks I don't know tonight. And just so I know how to pray this evening, I wonder how many are here tonight and you'd say, preacher, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I know that I know that I'm on my way to heaven. I know that I've been born again. If that's you tonight without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up right now as a testimony. Pastor, I know I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this tonight, though. How many are here this evening with heads bowed and eyes closed? And you'd say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. If I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. I want you to remember me tonight. Is there one anywhere here tonight? You'd slip your hand up right now and say, Brother Pope, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me tonight? You'd slip your hand up right now. Can I pray for you? Is there one like that anywhere? You just raise it up. And you may have to raise it up a little high so I don't miss you, okay? Is there anybody like that tonight? Just raise your hand. Say, Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there another tonight? And you just slip your hand up very quietly and raise it up high so I I don't miss it. And you'd say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one more like that here tonight? And you just sort of raise it up and wave it at me tonight. Pastor, if I died, not sure of heaven. Not saying you don't want to go. I'm just saying you don't know that you're going. And you'd raise it right now. Is there one? like that tonight? Anybody else I can pray for tonight? 
And I'm going to pray for you tonight that God would help you and guide you and give you direction this evening. Man, as the preacher was preaching that tonight, I was just thinking about those words, it's too late. It's too late. We've preached it, we've preached it pretty straight the last few days. But I'm pretty convinced we need to get back to preaching it pretty straight again. Father, I pray tonight that you'll work in hearts. Father, I pray that you'll you'll work in the hearts of these that are here tonight that have raised their hands and said that they're not sure about heaven. And God, I don't know what it is tonight that might be holding them back, but I do know this. I know that you're a sovereign God. And I know that you brought them here. It's not an accident, nor is it a coincidence. God, you brought them here on purpose tonight. Lord, you brought them here to, Lord, to reveal to them your love for them and your plan of salvation. And I pray, Heavenly Father, tonight that you would give them faith and that you would draw them to yourself. And I pray, Heavenly Father, before this day is done, that they would give their heart and life to Jesus. And so, Lord, have your way in this invitation. You're working in hearts right now. Folks are getting help around the altar. And I pray right now, Lord, that you give people the courage to take a step of faith. Lord, right now, do that which needs to be done, please. And we thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We've got some folks in the front here with a Bible. We call them a personal worker. And if you're here tonight and there's a need in your life, Listen, I want to invite you to come right now. We'd like to just take a Bible and show you how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you come while we wait? Would you come right now? If God's dealing with your heart, folks are still around the altar. Listen, now's a great time to come. Would you come? Oh, listen to me. Don't you walk out of a service like this and stand before God and hear those words. It's too late. Don't wait for the door to be shut. Man, I'd hate, to, I'd hate to walk out of a service like this not knowing, not knowing that I'm on my way to heaven. If you're here tonight, would you come right now? And then if you're here tonight, you say, Preacher, I am saved. I walked in here tonight saved. I know I'm born again. But I also know something else. I know I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. We saw a lot of people come back to God this week. A lot of folk have rededicated their life to Christ. And if you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I just, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. It's been, uh, it's been a long time. Something happened in my past and I'm just not where I need to be. Lost my joy. Lost my contentment. Lost my fulfillment. Lost my excitement. Preacher, I've lost my zeal. Man, it's time. It is so time. It's past time for me to rededicate my life to Jesus. Would you step out right now? If that's you, child of God, would you step out tonight? That's right. That's right. God's not quite done. 
Would you come tonight? Would you come? That's right. Would you come? Would you let go tonight? Let God have his way? Would you come? You say, Pastor, I don't know about these high-pressure invitations. My dear friend, may I dearly say tonight, you don't even know what high-pressure is all about until one of these days you stand before the judge of the universe. John said, and immediately, he said, when I was in heaven, and immediately, there was a throne. You're here tonight, and there's a decision that you need to make. That's right. Yes, yes. Father, thank you for what you're doing right now. Oh, God. You're still doing it. You're still working. God, I don't understand all that you're doing in the last eight days. But I don't have to understand it to appreciate it. Oh, Heavenly Father, do your perfect work tonight. Father, I don't know. Maybe the coming of the Lord is just right around the corner. Maybe the coming of the Lord will will come before this week is done. I don't know what you're doing, but I do know this, you're drawing people. And you're drawing people like we've never seen. Oh, Holy Ghost, please work tonight. Please work tonight. God, work in hearts around this altar this evening. Father, please. And Lord, there still may be others that need to respond tonight. Help them to come, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Wow. Folks are getting some help. We've said this over and over and over again throughout the week. It could be that God's extending this invitation for just one more person. Is that one more person you? Would you come while we wait tonight? Rooting for you. There's not a better night to get in, I promise you that. To God be the glory, God's still working. I don't know if begging would help, but I do know this. If I could keep you out of hell, I'd get on my knees tonight and beg you to come. Just because I know how bad hell's gonna be. Would you come while we wait? oil in your lamp tonight well I know where you can get it 
You can look up this way. We're going to sing this chorus a few times tonight. Old, old song says, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And we're going to sing this through tonight. Invitation's wide open this evening. We've got some folks down here. You may be here tonight. You'll say, Pastor, I'm saved, and uh, I've just got this other need in my life, or preacher, I've got uh, an addiction in my life, or, or uh, preacher, the devil's been working on me. And uh, you're here tonight and say, Pastor, I've been dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness, and I just need, man, I need a breakthrough tonight. Listen, you come while we wait tonight. We're going to sing this, this little chorus, and it's just for you tonight. You come while we wait tonight. Let's sing it, Calvary. Ready? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Sing it again, church. Sing it again. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to with me tonight church this is the truth and I'm not trying to be disrespectful tonight I haven't looked at my watch the guys back in the sound room have turned the clock down I haven't looked at my watch I don't know what time it is and I know you got to work tomorrow I, I get it I understand all that but you know in perspective to reality to eternity really what's 10 more minutes gonna make in respect to eternity Eternity, eternity. And I preached Sunday morning when God began to work. And by the way, it wasn't the message, by the way. It wasn't the message that started this revival. But Sunday morning, I preached on a reality of eternity. And the reality is this. If you've heard the truth and heard the truth and heard the truth and heard the truth, and yet you've rejected the truth, your torment's going to be much worse. It's a reality of eternity. And boy, you've heard the truth tonight. You've heard the truth. And so right before we bring this thing to a close, still there are a few that are getting some help. If it's you that God's dealing with, I want you to step out. We'll meet you. We'll meet you. Hey, could I give this invitation tonight? Preacher, I'm saved. 
I'm all right. I'm going to heaven. But how, how about this? Do you know someone whose lamp doesn't have any oil? I wonder how many people are here tonight you have a mama that doesn't have any oil in her lamp. Or maybe a daddy. There might even be a few parents here tonight who have some children. No oil. No oil. Co-worker. No oil. Neighbor. No oil. You say, Pastor, as far as I know, they're lost. They're lost. Can I ask you this? You care enough just to tip them down to an altar tonight? Just breathe their name to the Lord? Just come down and say, Lord, I don't think they've got any oil in their lamp. God, I don't want them to go to hell. Lord, any way you could open up a door for me to witness to them? Lord, any way you could just make it possible for me to witness to them in 2022? Maybe I could get them to church. Maybe I could get them saved. Father, is there any way maybe you could just give me the... Maybe you could just give me the words. Maybe you could give me the courage to witness to them and get them to Jesus before it's too late. Oh, yes. Father, I don't know who everybody's praying for this evening, but I'm glad you know. God, I pray that in this meeting, at least for Calvary, and I pray for other churches as well, that God, you use this meeting to burden our hearts for the lost like never before. Father, I pray that this church would never be the same after this meeting. And whenever this meeting ends, Lord, I pray that 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 burden for souls would continue to go forward Oh, God, work in my heart tonight. Father, burden my my heart for the lost. God, help me to be a better soul winner because of this meeting. And God, I believe I'm going to be. I really do. I believe I'm going to be. God, I pray for my family members. Lord, some of my family members are hearing and they're reaching out even today. God, I pray for my family members that are lost without Christ. Father, that you get a hold of them. Father, that you'd save them. I want to see them in heaven. And I pray, God, that you would save their soul. God, burden our hearts tonight. Burden our hearts for our dads and moms. Lord, for our children. For our co-workers. God, save them. Oh, God, work in their hearts. Father, draw them to yourself. I pray you do it work. Lord, do it tonight. Honor the prayers of these on the altars tonight. Help us to be soul winners of of fire, of flame. God, thank you for what you're doing tonight. We love you and praise you. Amen. We're going to sing this chorus again tonight. You stay in the altar as long as you need to. No rush. Let's sing it tonight. Here we go. Ready? Just as I am without 
Keep on playing, Brother Abel, if you will. Last week, I started reading up on something called the Great Welsh Revivals. Listen to this. Revival broke out in Wales, a place called Wales. 150,000 people came to Christ. If you read up on that revival, you know, one of the things they said, interesting, one of the things they said was they said that church services at times went on for 10 hours without a break. Listen to this part. And nobody cared. In fact, you read it, you read it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Read it for yourself. They said this, that, that God's people during that revival, that God's people lost all track of time. They didn't care. They just became so consumed with getting their family members to Jesus. It's also interesting that in history, they said that they believed that that great revival took place when one young lady, one young lady, her name was Flory Evans, one young lady in a Sunday morning service, Joseph Jenkins Chapel, she just got full. And she stood up in the service and said, I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart. And when she did, they said it was like revival fell. And 150,000 people came to Jesus. Preacher, what, what's God doing? I don't know, church. I don't know. But I think most of us would have to agree this. God's doing something. God's doing something. And I'll tell you something else. It's spreading. It's not just here. It's spreading. It's spreading. It's spreading outside this church. It's spilling out over the, over the bounds of this church and other churches. We're beginning to hear about other churches. Things are beginning to happen. and God's beginning to work and souls are getting, getting saved. Cannot help but believe that the bridegroom is about to come. I can't help but believe that. And I hope you're ready. Well, we thank the Lord for what the Lord's doing done tonight, doing tonight.